Amen. Good morning. Sound good, look good. It's so good to be uh, together this morning, Alf, week three. Did anybody lie this week since last Sunday? You don't have to raise your hands if you were. If you're here new with us, we're so glad you're here. Uh, we'd love for you to go um, pick back up because we're kind of building, right? We wouldn't start talking about uh, what we're talking about today in this series, but it is, um, it, is, it is built from just the reality that our mouth is connected to our heart. So if we have mouth issues, and we all do on some level, we really have heart issues. We kind of laid that open in week one, and last week we talked about the importance of truth-telling and, and what that looks like and, and lies and big lies, small lies. And today, we get to talk about some cussing, all right, which is the week that many of you have been waiting for. I, I found out that every family is different on this. When I began to date uh, my now wife, uh, then girlfriend, Kelly, and I spent some time around her family, uh, I found out that, that some words that weren't that big a deal to me were a big deal in her house. All right, and I'm specifically going to talk about her mother today because she's not here, so I can. Right, many of you know uh, Nanny, uh, the, uh, her name is Luann, everybody calls her Nanny, Kelly's mom, but, but I found out that there was a, and I'm going to be appropriate today for the most part, there was a four-letter F word that just, it wasn't just not okay, it was like, you're never coming back to my house, don't date my daughter, and I thought it was a joke, Right, so like nobody would react that over the top about a simple word. Um, and then after a few times, I realized, no, there is no joke. Like if I'm going to be in this house, I'm going to not be able to say the four-letter F-bomb that we all know, right? So um, well, let's, we're all adults here, right? The kids are in the room. Let's go ahead and just get it out of the way. Let's say the word into the microphone. It's okay. Fart, right? <laughs> So that's the four-letter F word that uh, at that house, like I, that was the only word. So, but you can pass gas, you can stinker, you can toot and poot and all that. But the F word was out of bounds. Now we've grown in that through the years. But um, today we're going to jump into what is and what isn't. And I really want to answer these three questions, or I want us to answer them together. One, is it a sin to cuss? And these questions come from you, from just discussions and what you're looking to, I need to know. Is it a sin to cuss? Number two, which words are on the list, right? And then three, what does God really care about? So let's start with the basic. Is it a sin? Is it wrong? Is it offensive to cuss? And when I say cuss, there's a bunch of words. There's swearing, there's cussing, there's cursing, right? They all kind of mean the same thing. And there's, I'm going to give you some biblical just foundation, right? There's this idea in scripture and Jesus speaks to it that we want to be, going back to last week, we want to be people of integrity. So when you ask me a question that I can say yes or no, and it stands on itself, right? Scripture speaks to let your yes be yes, your no be no, meaning if I got to throw an extra word, blank no, to let you know, no, I really mean no, like that's not us. We want to be such people of integrity that when you ask me a question, I say no, that you trust, that the answer is no. So there's this idea, and then and we started a couple weeks ago in James, and it's this just unbelievable section. It's long. The part that we're not going to look at is just 
He's making the case that this little tiny tongue is like the most dangerous thing in your body and it can set fires ablaze and all this crazy. We'll pick back up at the middle. It's, it's, he's talking about the tongue. He says, it is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. What's all those examples? Just saying, right? A fresh water doesn't produce salt. Salt water doesn't produce fresh water. Like whatever, a fig tree makes figs, right? I read that and I immediately went to my childhood. Fig Newtons, do those still exist? Their fig Newtons are still around? That's one of the things that was like, amazing as a kid and now I wouldn't go within, you know, just gross, right? But, but figs, a fig tree is going to produce figs. A pear tree is going to produce pears. A pear, tree doesn't, a pear tree doesn't make oranges. And what it's saying is people of God, like coming out of us should be the blessing. That should be us. So when the same person blesses and curses, this should not be. There's some other guidance we get to and, and it's somewhat vague. There's a letter to Ephesus that we've looked at many times. Ephesians 4, Paul says, don't let any unwholesome, now that word is translated several ways, unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit, that your mouth, your tongue should be a benefit to the people around you. And, and there's a certain kind of talk that we're supposed to not let, what kind? Well, unwholesome. What does that mean? We'll get to that. A few verses later, he says, nor, verse uh, four of chapter five, nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. That word coarse, it's a sexual, it's a perversion. Like we shouldn't be, we should be the pure people with our mouths. Obscenity, foolish talk, those are out of place for us, but rather our tongues are for thanksgiving. And then Paul gets a little more direct in Colossians. He says, put to death, Colossians 3, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Here's a list of stuff that's earthly in you and in me. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion. Now, we, we're, I prayed for passion a few minutes ago. Passion is a good thing. This, the context of that word passion is uncontrolled sexual passion, just doing what you feel. Evil desire, uh, covetousness, which is the hardest word for me to say today in all that we're saying, uh, which is just you know desiring something that's not yours, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you two once walked, join the crowd. There's, not, there's nobody in the room that doesn't have an issue with something on that list or has had. These are the things we walked in because we're humans when you were living in them. But now, if you're a Christian, if you're in Christ, but now you must put them all away. What, what do we got to put away? Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Man, you got to put them all away. That sounds easy, right? Just do it. Just put them all away. So all that, anger, wrath, slander, we're done with it, right? I'll pray for you. We'll go home and our mouths will forever be good to go. And some of you will read that verse and, and, and instantly feel pressure. Like, oh my goodness, I got to put all that away. I haven't been doing that, right? I'm, and again, allow your heart to be convicted without being condemned. Completely different things. Convicted, challenge, God's working in me. Condemned is I'm worthless. I'm ashamed. I'll never, right? You won't. You can't put those things away on your own, Right? We, we need each other, we need the spirit of God, we need help, we need dependence, and we really need to focus not on our mouth but on our heart, which is the point of this series. And, 
And as we get into exactly what we say and what we don't say, some of it is it's so complicated in this room and online. Like everybody comes from their own place, right? And, and what you grew up and what was acceptable in your house and not acceptable in your house. And a lot of you have, have just said over the last, you know, it's like my issue is when I stub my toe and just words come out, right? First of all, quit stubbing your toe, right? That's the first problem. One, you're walking around barefoot, which you're just asking for it. Two, like quit being so uncoordinated, right? Stuff, like how do you walk and just kick stuff? So, but when you do that, there's no like heart. I want to offend God. I'm going to rebel against God. And I'm going to say this because my toe hurts and I don't care what anybody thinks. And it's not that, right? It's toe, boom, words out right? Where does that come from? Is that connected to the heart? It, it is, um, but it's, it's complicated. Here, here's the point from all those verses. Our word choice, our habits, and some of our habits that are not even thought about, that like we've said whatever so long that we don't even think about it. It matters to God. Like for three weeks, we've seen scripture after scripture of God saying our speech, our mouth, our tongue matters to him. And to answer the first question, yes. Yes, you can sin with your mouth. Yes, you can cuss in a way that's offensive to God. So let's get into the question you really came for. Which words are on the list, right? Which words can I get away with? And which words do I need to flush from my vocabulary forever? All right. It was about 2009, 10. Um, we subscribed to an ESPN Kids magazine. So it was a kids magazine um, put out by ESPN. And this particular issue uh, had a, um, a cartoon, right? And it was a cartoon of LeBron James. He was playing for the Miami Heat at the time. And it was him and Dwayne Wade going back and forth, like with the captions, like a comic strip kind of deal. And it was on the back of this ESPN Kids magazine. And in this interaction, LeBron says to his teammate, give me the damn ball, right? I'm quoting. I can quote ESPN from the stage, right? And that's what he says. So, okay. I, I, I don't even remember if I saw it first or whatever. So my kids, uh, it had to be 2010-ish, 11-ish, because they were reading at the time. So they would have been, my two oldest would have been uh, six, seven-ish. Um, so Mia, my now 16-year-old daughter, she reads that, I guess, and it's ESPN and, you know, it, it just was natural to her. So later that day, she uses that phrase to Jackson, right? They're like, give me... Little Mia, like, give me the damn ball, right? And Jackson, I don't know where he uh, had been, but he was aware, like, that was on the no-fly zone. So he's like, Mia, you, you can't say that. It's a bad word, right? And Mia uh, didn't take correction from her brother well at that stage of life. Uh, and she's like, no, it's not. Uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with saying damn, right? And she, in this next 30 to 60 seconds, she said it a bunch, right? Just letting, letting Jackson know, like, you can say that, you can say that. And he's like, no, you can't. Yes, you can, you can. And she kept saying it, kept saying it. It's okay. It's, um, so Kelly was, uh, I wasn't uh, there live for that conversation. I heard it later. Kelly was in the next room. She heard it. And she was just going to let them work it out. But finally, Mia came to Kelly because she wanted an advocate and a defense. Like, Jackson keeps saying it's wrong to say damn. And it's not wrong to say, will you tell Jackson? And Kelly's like, uh, honey, actually, that's not a nice word. You, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't say that. And her mouth dropped and she just started bawling, 
crying because she just like did a lifetime of cussing, right? <laughs> and she didn't even know what the word was wrong. We blame all of that on LeBron James. Um, what's on the list? Here, here's the hard part. We all tend to make our own rules. There's some words that I don't like, that I don't like my kids to say, that I won't even get into it. That there's nothing in scripture, right? Here, here's the problem. What words are on the list? None of the words that we would, wherever you stand on this, none of the words that we would say we don't like or cuss or whatever, because we have scripture that says, hey, obscene talk should not come out of your mouth. And there's some translations that use the word profanity in scripture. So we know there's something there. The problem is none of the words that we're dealing with in American English today even existed in Jesus' day. There was some cussing in the first century. Well, I don't know those words, right? Greek, like, in trans, how do you translate cuss words, right? Every, everybody's got their own, so we make our own rules. Now, I joked at the beginning, and again, we're, we're, we're slowly building back. It's a beautiful thing. You guys are getting there. My, my story about the false F-bomb at the beginning, like, that was funnier than you gave me credit for. So just free yourself up to laugh at funny things. But that's not the real F-bomb, as you know. And, and really, in my opinion, this isn't God talking, this is me. That's America's favorite cuss word. It is so broad, right? I, I've been in a gym a lot this summer. It doesn't matter if we were in Chicago, Indianapolis, or Greensboro. And it doesn't matter if it's 10-year-old boys, 18-year-old boys, or 16-year-old girls. Like, the F-word is flowing, you know where else it's extremely used and overused? Corporate America. Probably the favorite cuss word of Wall Street, right? So, and, and, and we could go on like, this word, is it on the list? Here, here's the thing. Because people, how many times have, have I had a conversation of people like, hey, how can a word, like who gets to decide, right? That's the question. Who gets to decide which words we can't say? Not me, right? It's culture, and culture changes, right? And it's nothing to do, it's not Jesus people, right? It's not a group of pastors that got together and say, these words are out of bounds. Like, it's, it's just culture decided. As a coach, right, coach in basketball, I can go up to a referee and say, listen, there's no way that was a charge. And decent referees will hear me say that. If I throw the F-bomb into that sentence, there's no way that's an effing charge, right? If, if I say that, then I'm getting teed up technical foul almost every time. Why? Because it's a Christian. No, it has nothing to do with Jesus, right? The culture has decided there are certain words that we won't put on TV, network TV, before 10 o'clock. Now, has that changed over the last 10 years? Oh my goodness. Is that changing? Yes, it is. So we could try to figure all that out. Let's rewrite the rules every few years. This word used to be okay. And now Jesus people, it's kind of like, like, what is the list? I don't know. I, here's what I know. I know that we have scripture that tells us to figure it out. Whatever generation, language, and culture you live in, there's going to be words that are underneath appropriate, that are, that are come with them, some sexual perversion or some filth or some nasty or some dirty or some obscenity, and those are the words that God calls us to stay away from. And I'd love to give you an exact number, but that's, that's not how we want to spend our time. So, so some of you know, you're, you're, you're ready with your phone, and you're like, no, I want the list. I, give me, I don't know. It's complicated, 
right? We, we have scripture that speaks directly and we're not a church. We will speak truth. There is very clear what we would call absolute truth related to the gospel, the cross, and a whole lot of behaviors and lives. Like there, we, we will speak, but the scripture is not. It doesn't break down words and language. It doesn't do that for us. And there's words like bloody, right? Bloody is a, it just means bloody for us. Right, but for our British brothers and sisters, like you go across the pond and you use that word as an adjective, like it's, it's a cuss word, right? Well, how can the same word be bad over there? Like, I don't know. We can't even agree among our staff, right? Raph, Raph will bring it next week. Raph Gonzalez, our associate pastor. I don't even, I honestly don't remember. Maybe he'll tell you next week. We were, we were discussing something in a word. And I was like, yeah, you know, I don't know if I'd say it that way. He's like, why not? I was like, well, you know, I don't know if we want to use a cuss word to make that point. He's like, that's not a cuss word. Like, what do you mean it's not a cuss word? He's like, I didn't cuss word where I grew up. So I'm like, now Boston's got their rules, right? And I got like, like, well, how do we know what's a cuss word of it? And there's words, and we could go around the room. There's words that may or not be cuss words, but there's words that your family says freely that would not be okay in somebody else's family and the other way. So what in the world? And I can be profane, obscene, vulgar is another word that's, I can be those things and never use one of the seven magic words, right? So it's not like, hey, if you stay with words, then your mouth is good. Like it's, it's just deeper than that. So I know you're really disappointed that I didn't answer that better, but I wanna spend our time on the third question, which is what does God really care about? We are called to be different. When I say we, I'm talking about his people, his church. We're all in process, right? Our tongues are never going to be perfect, but we are called to be different, and that will include our mouth. Paul wrote a letter to Timothy, who was a young pastor, and he told Timothy, hey, don't let anyone, 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the church, for the believers in speech and life and faith and purity in conduct, and, and the first one on the list is speech. Like, yes, you're younger, but don't worry about age. I need you to be the man of God. I need you to set an example. And how do you set an example? You set an example by how you talk. That's not the only way, but it's one way, how you speak. We're supposed to be different. There's all this, this a principle in scripture. You know, the Old Testament, God chose a nation. He picked Israel. He created a nation out of nothing so they would represent him. And now New Testament, right? New covenant, multi-ethnic, gospel-centered church. We are his Israel, meaning like now instead of having a country built out of one man out of nothing or from Abraham, now we are a people coming from Jesus, coming from the cross, and we are a holy nation. We are members of the same family. And one of the foundational things about this family is we're supposed to come out, scripture says, and be different. We're supposed to separate ourselves, not in some sort of holier than thou, we're better than you way, but in a God is in us and he's changing us and that's going to show up in how we live and how we love and how we speak. I think it's such an opportunity, church, to humbly allow our mouths 
to paint a difference. It's easier today than it's ever been. It's easier today than it's ever been for our mouths to let people know, not we're better than you, but man, there's a God that is in me and changing my heart and that's gonna show up in how I talk. And not just which words I say or don't say, but just how I react on the road, on the interstate. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think God really cares? You know, I, I, I told you, somebody asked me yesterday, do you, do you get your kids' permission? I do, I learned, right? So, so Mia, Mia let me tell the, does God really care if you say, give me the darn ball or give me the damn ball? It's just one letter, right? And some could say, you know what? All you're doing is substituting. You're just fake cussing. Right, if you're gonna cuss, cuss. Right, don't be changing one letter and doing your little substitute word. And, and it comes back to the heart and the motivations because if you're, if you're just saying darn so, so you'll feel better than the people that don't say darn, like that's messed up. But if you're, if you're saying darn because, man, I see these scripture that God has called me away from that, that God has called me not to let certain things unwholesome and, and, and I just wanna honor him, but it's an easy letter change. And I think that is honoring to God but it's so easy to drift from there because we have some of you, man, you, you got sin issues, but man, language cussing ain't one of them because you were brought up like you just don't say certain words. And that's great until it drifts into self-righteousness. I'm better than you because I don't say what you say. Or it drifts into man-made tradition that was taught in the church and then we teach it as if God said when he didn't say. Right, I heard I was picking on this morning, uh, and it was fine because we were trying to get some stuff ready in here. But but one of the parents um, said, "Hey, I don't, don't be to their kids. Don't be in here. Don't run in here." Right, which is fine because we're trying to get ready for church. But how many of us grew up in a situation where, hey, you running is a sin if you do it in church. You don't run in church. What? God loves running. He's a pro-running God. There's nothing, there's nothing about, don't, and, and, and in language, how many of us grew up in a context? How many of us, depending on your age, you either heard this or you said this? Now, we're also built from a lot of folks that never went to church in their life until Relentless Church, and you're gonna think, what are you talking about? But how many of us heard or said, don't you say that word in church, right? You say that word at home, we got no problem. You say that word in God's house, what is wrong with you, right? That is so messed up. Do you know what makes this place holy? It's not the sign, it's not the church. If we take a retreat of the kids, you know, our students went to camp a few weeks, there was no less God at camp than there is in this building. What makes this a church, right? God was clear in scripture. I don't live in a building, I live in people. I, we are the temple, so we, wherever we go, God and his holiness goes, right? So if you're going to say a word out there, go ahead and say it in here, because he doesn't be like, oh, he didn't just cuss. He cussed at church, right? No. Like, say what you say and be who you are, because God does not see a difference based on the location, it's better than that. So, so we can, we can but we, how did, where did that come from? It came from man-made tradition. Yes, you can say that word. It's not, it's not the best word, but just don't say it in church, right? I try to preach. I don't always succeed in this, but I try to say things and use stories 
from stage, pretty much like I do if you're with me during the week. Right? I don't, I don't want to have one vocabulary up here and then my real vocabulary on Friday night. Right? I, I think that can lead to some self-righteousness and judging and all kinds of stuff. So the motive shouldn't be that, but God cares about the heart. He cares about us being different. The motive for being different instead of being better or holier or looking down on other people, it could just be to bring glory to God. Well, how can my word choice really bring, it's him. I didn't come up with this. He said, how you talk can bring, uh, Timothy, set an example for the believers in speech. It brings glory to me when you honor me with your mouth. And that's so much deeper than which just, you know, cussing, it's this whole series. It's an act of worship. Come out and be different, church. Come out and be different. If If we are indistinguishable from the world around us, then let's quit calling ourselves a church. Right, but it's so hard to do that and not get all like, oh, we're, but no, we love them, we know them, we want them, we invite them, them is a part of us, we're a church for the untold and unconvinced, but if you're a follower of Jesus, we're called to come out and be different, and our speech should be included in that. What does that do? It, it doesn't make people hopefully feel lesser, what it shows is that there's a real God who's changing us, it's a real God who's changing us, and he's changing our hearts, and when he changes our hearts, our mouths are gonna follow. That's real. He's changed my heart. And it does show up in my speech. You know what it's really about? It's about lordship. Right, when we are so blessed to baptize people in our history, we, we say, many of you have made that confession. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, and I accept him as my Lord and as my savior. It's both, it's not, I want the savior, no, it's, I want Lord and Savior. That's why we're singing about how great he is today because when you know him, then lordship isn't scary. It's beautiful. Scripture says you're not your own. You were bought at a price. What was that price? It was the blood of Jesus. That's what he paid for your soul, for your sin. He became your sin so you could become his righteousness. So so when you say or when your heart says, I'll say what I want to say. No, not if you belong to him. And we can argue about what that exactly looks like and get into all the weeds of it, but first and foremost, he's in charge of you. You've submitted yourself and your life to him. In what world does full submission not include your talk? We say a lot of words. We wanna submit our mouths and our language to him. Hear me. We want to submit our full lives. That's the joy. That's the life you want and I want for you. We want to live in that without becoming the language police. Can we do both of those? Can we submit, God, maybe there's some things you want to do with me. Maybe there's some words. Maybe maybe I haven't really ever surrendered my speech to you. Can we do that without then as God works in you and maybe does whatever he's going to do without you then becoming Oh, it's my job to correct everyone who's using the words I've deemed inappropriate. Don't be that person. Nobody likes you. But more importantly, it's not what God called you to be. Can't you see that? You guys have been with us for six, seven years now. We've preached so much in Jesus and the Pharisees. Can't you see that in the Pharisees? Can't you see the religious leaders just sitting back and like, oh, you didn't say that right. You didn't do that right. Just hammering people. Right, that's not who we are, it's not who we wanna be. I've had to walk through this with my kids. 
I don't even, I don't know. Like I, one day we were, this was years ago. So they're teenagers now. So don't judge them for this. This was, they were young. They were seven-ish. Um, and we were talking about somebody and how they'd come to Christ and how beautiful it was that they're a Christian. And one of my kids said, no, they're not. I like, what do you mean, no, they're not? They cuss, right? And it was like, whoa, like how did, how did that happen? How did you, they're not a Christian because they cuss. Like we had to do a deep dive. I had to do a whole family meeting, right? About, about what, like that, that's not, but, but that's not hard to find in American church kind of religion stuff, right? Peter, Peter was Jesus' right-hand guy. He, he, he started a lot of the multi-ethnic, like he cussed and we get record of it, right? They told us, they got, to, you know, the Holy Spirit guided, you know, the gospel writers of what to include and what not. And, and, and the Holy Spirit deemed it necessary for us to know when Peter was outside waiting on Jesus, what was gonna happen to him right before his trial. And then they came at him and like, aren't you with him? They wanted us to know that Peter didn't just say, no, I don't know him and deny Jesus. They wanted us to know that he cursed up and down the third time they asked him like, I don't, know that guy, right? Which is bad enough. He's betraying the Lord Jesus, but he was a cusser, right? He was a sailor. He was a fisherman, right? And that somehow 2,000 years, we still have carried that stereotype of, I always remember that phrase, cuss like a sailor as a church for the untold unconvinced. I was inviting a guy years ago to our church and, and he was like, ah, I'd like to, but you don't want me at your church. I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? You don't want me at your, why? Why would you say that? And he's like, man, I cuss. I'm like, and? He's like, no, I cuss like a sailor. I'm like, oh, then you're right, stay away. Like what, now come on, man. We can handle you, right? My prayer, and this may hit some of you weird, I don't know, my prayer is that we never have a Sunday at Relentless Church where there's not somebody in our lobby cussing. If we're reaching people and people in all kinds of places, and it's not just lost people, it's Christians that are following Christ that are still in process, right? Now, I'm not telling you to go cuss proudly out there today, uh, but if you're going to cuss when you get in the car, I, I think you should go ahead and let it go, at least in the parking lot. Hmm. Man, it's, it's the heart that matters, God knows that, we're learning that. And I think about that dude, I, hold a, I wrote a whole blog back when I wrote blogs, um, <laughs> is early in our church, I, hold a, I wrote a blog about why we're a church for people that cuss like a sailor, right? Because if that dude's in our lobby and he's, he's just not even thinking, right? He's just so naturally, they're coming out, right? What does that dude need? Language police? So you need one of our greeters like, sir, we're, we're glad you're here, but you, you, we don't. What, what does he need? He needs a relentless God who's full of grace and compassion who'll love him right where he is. And yes, he's gonna change him. But in my experience, God changes hearts. He doesn't start with the language. It comes, God is good, but that's not his first priority. Man, I, gotta, I wanna die for your sins. I wanna redeem you. I wanna make you whole and new. But before we get to any of that, we need to clean your mouth up. What? I know that's not the message we wanna send, but sometimes that is the message we send when we get over obsessed with what people are saying. 
Sometimes people use words because they're ignorant. Sometimes they don't know that scripture says anything about people's mouths. I'm just saying if we're not careful, we'll make people think that Jesus is about obeying the rules, which is in opposition to the gospel. Right, the gospel, which is the incredible news of our rescue and adoption by God through Jesus, the gospel says that none of us are ever gonna be able to obey the rules to the level of holiness that God requires. Like we're all fallen short. That's the gospel. So if that's true, then the last message we wanna send is you gotta reach this bar with your language or you're out. Like so anti-Jesus, but people have put Jesus' name on it. It's the old conversation we've had. Is it rules or is it relationship? Is it transactional, right? God, I'll quit saying this word if you'll answer this prayer. No, no, no. It's transformation. We're about relationship. We're not about the rules. Hey, you can't say this and be a Christian. Hey, why don't we let God be God and handle people's transformation process? Let's walk this out together. Let's let our heart and our mouth be connected. There's a beautiful verse that says, hey, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is right, let's think about such things. When we're thinking about the right things, our mouth usually follows. And that's a whole nother message. What you put into your head, it's going to come out of your mouth, right? And, and cussing in, in, this, you know, in this season of my life, right, um, that's just not something that that is an issue, right? I just, there's a habits that have been formed, so I'm not necessarily saying the magic words. But, right, if I listen to certain things, right, sometimes I'll listen to uh, JRE, Joe Rogan Experience Podcast. I think it's a great representation of, of the world, and depending on who he's interviewing, man, if I, if I listen to enough of that in a week, man, there's words rolling out in my head that aren't normally there. So we are impacted by who we walk with and who we listen to and the music we put in our head. All of that matters. So what do we want to be about? We want to be about a relationship, actually walking with Jesus. The more you walk with him, the more you're going to talk like him. Well, what, we don't, Jesus didn't even, English wasn't invented, so we don't know what he would have said or not have said. Well, we know how he acted. We know how he treated. We know what he said. We know how he loved. And we know when we walk with him, he changes everything about our lives, including our language. Why do you think, why do you think he just didn't give us a list? Right, he's brilliant. He could see the future. Why, 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 didn't, why didn't they put that in scripture? Here's the list of words. I don't want my people to say, ever, right? One, that book would be too big, right? Think about it. All the languages, all the cultures, all the generations, when Jesus was on the earth in first century, like forgive us all that. And again, cuss words change. So he's had to give us, you know, century by century, culture by culture, language by language, country by country. Like there, there's no book that could hold all that. So it's not practical. But more importantly, why did he not give us a list? Because he's a personal God. And instead of dictating, don't say this. My people don't say this. And if you say this, I'm mad at you. And if you say this, you might not even be one of my people. Instead of dictating, he said, no, no, no. Come walk with me. 
The more you hang out with me, the more you surrender to me, the more you make me Lord of your life day by day, the more you do that, the more we're gonna walk together, the more you're gonna love like me, the more you're gonna talk like me, the more you're gonna be like me. Not because you can be like me, but because I am in you and I'm shaping you to be like me day by day. It's the miracle, it's the proof that the the hurting world desperately needs that there's a real God. How do you know? Because they see him and feel him and experience him through Jesus in you. And here's what he does in that personal relationship. It's powerful. He changes how we talk. So instead of the dictating all Christians, I'm so glad he didn't give us, you can say this, but you can't say this, Americans in 2021. I'm so glad he didn't because it's so much more powerful that we collectively as a church seek him and seek who he is and what he's doing among us. And we seek him individually and his families and his couples and his kids. And we do that. And as we do that, maybe we don't all come out with the exact same vocabulary, but there is similarity and there is Unity, and man, our mouths are being purified by the same Jesus. Not because he dictated, don't you say that, but because the more we hang out, the more we submit, the more Jesus' heart, life, language flows through us. Man, he's good. Man, that's so brilliant. Like if I was God, I would definitely be the dictator. These are words, like there's some words that get on my nerves. There may not be the network words, but they're off the list. They're they're on the list for my people. Don't dictate, dictate. Instead, he is a personally wants to sit with you. We'll get to your words. We'll get to that. I I want your heart. And as you give me your heart, guess what? God's people's mouths will change in due time. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come up. I, I just want us to sing the greatness of God as we set the pace for the week ahead. Now, if, if God has if put something on your heart, man, I need to deal with some language issues. Like, don't be scared of that. Some of you, I would guess online and in the room, some of you, you never knew, you never knew that there was any scripture about obscene talk, unwholesome talk. Now I've admitted Right? And I, I'll tell you when I'm confident and I'll tell you when I need to admit, like today, like what exactly that means in American English vernacular, it's complicated. But I know that he would call you to submit your life and not submit your life minus your mouth. That your mouth includes your life. But underneath that and around that and all the way through that, he's a patient, gracious, compassionate, forgiving, wonderful God who loves you when your mouth is out of control, when your tongue is a restless evil full of deadly poison who still saw you fit to send Jesus on your behalf that he might save you, redeem you, rescue and adopt you into his family. And he's more than willing to patiently walk with you in your language. But that's not the ticket. The ticket is a submitted heart, a surrendered heart. And out of the heart, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth 
will speak. Will you stand? I'm going to pray over you, and I'm going to ask you to stay with us and just, just worship God before we go into our week. Father, we, we're so thankful that you're not like us. We've all got a little Pharisee in us. We've all got a little religion. We just want to make rules and specifically make rules that we can follow and hammer people that don't follow them as well as we think we do. God, just forgive us for our religious hearts. And God, just do work. I believe you already are this morning. God, paint that picture, not of a self-righteous, tradition, man-made church, religion, but paint a picture of a people that are allowing you to change us day by day, that are coming out and being separate. And our language is different. We speak to people different. We speak about people different. And sometimes we choose not to say some words for your glory, for your honor. And in that, God, that we would just proclaim right now, what a great God you are. We need to say that, pray that, but we also need to sing that. You're so great that you would be patient, that you would walk with us. At the same time, you can walk with 7 billion people individually. You can know everything there is to know about us. You can know what we're thinking right now, but also collectively you can call your church, your people, your body to worship and to know and to live for you, not for ourselves. And the joy, the satisfaction, God, that you let us taste how good you are, that you you let us taste that we were made to know you. We were made to live for you and nothing else. And it's real. And we don't have to take anybody's word for it. Everybody with the sound of my voice can experience how good you are, how much you love them, what a beautiful plan you have for their specific life. Wow. God, would you just work on our hearts and may our mouth just be an overflow of the hearts that you're changing. God, receive our worship in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing with us.